Welcome to the Disruptor Network Podcast. Welcome back to the Disruptors Network Podcast. We have a great guest today uh, whose social media base is a great social media business. And Alex Rossman actually started his career as a touring musical artist and spent the early part of his career learning how to brand themselves. He then turned that into his own business, Rossman Media, and it's becoming an award-winning agency. And he's really um, speaks to how you build your brand um, through media and he's done it himself and now he's doing it for other people. So I'd love to hear what he's got to say. It's, it's always good to have people on the podcast that can talk to how social media is really changing their life and their business and how you can market yourself to another level um, with the tricks of the trade and the insider tips that they have. So without further ado, we have Alex Rossman. He's going to give us some great information on how you build yourself through social media. Ignition. Lift off. Welcome back to the Disruptors Network Podcast. And we have a really, really cool guest today. And I'm, I'm really interested in what he's got to say. And, you know, Alex Rossman, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ralph. Appreciate it. Alex, you know, I, your background's very, very cool. And what I'd like to kind of start with is you went from being a singer-songwriter to a, to corporate America to your own business, right? So you kind of seen, you've seen, you've seen a, a wave, you know. Oh, yeah. And you went to an, an industry now with social, you have a social media agency or a marketing agency where you didn't yep. have a lot of experience. What gave you the courage from your background um, and talk a little bit about your background to, to kind of jump into this field? Yeah, no, great question. I get that asked, asked quite a bit. I, I think there's always trying to figure out how did those all mesh together? Because they are, you know, pretty different. Um, you know, I mean, I started out as a, as you said, a singer songwriter, and I actually did a lot of my own marketing and PR. So I would go and make the songs in the studio. I'd go and perform them, you know, live on stage. And then I would go do all my marketing. So I would, you know, find press releases to really, you know, boost out new songs. I would, you know, create my own video content. And so from there, you know, as I'm sure, you know, the music industry is very competitive, but I had the opportunity to be signed by a label, do the touring, you know, really collaborate with some awesome artists that are, are household names, which is, was very exciting. And, you know, then from there, you know, it's kind of like, you know, things hit and, and go well for a while. And then, you know, music is tough. And so I said, how am I going to kind of shift gears a bit? And while I was doing music, as you said, I, I did work a corporate job, which I, I hated. I always hated working, you know, for somebody else. It was just really never something that felt right to me and, and actually gave me anxiety. I just didn't like it. So I, I shifted and I took my skills really in marketing that I did with music and started my own social media company because that's how I got a lot of um, really a lot of exposure um, with my music with social. And so, you know, from there, I, I built a team, you know, our first client was the San Diego Chargers in San Diego. So I was knocking on doors, bringing in wine and trying to schmooze. And I finally got them as a client. And, uh, and really, that's, that's where it all started. And now we're, you know, a 60 person agency and growing, we just did a acquisition of another smaller agency. So, you know, we're, we're now full speed ahead in the agency world. That's amazing. <laughs> You and you're in the business about five years now, from what you know, from what I've seen and what you just said. Um, how has your agency? I know you say you have 60 employees and you just you just acquired another one. How yeah. have you seen because because the industry changes so rapidly, right? Like five years ago, TikTok wasn't popular, and now it's 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 one of the top. So, how have you seen your agency kind of change over over that time period to where you are now? You know what? It, it's always changing. I mean, it's just, it's, you're exactly right. The social media world is every day. You feel like there's some new trend. There's some new social platform that people are getting into. 
um, you know, we, we adapt by, you know, where are people going, right? That's, that's where we're always looking for is like, where is there the most volume of people that are active and engaging? And so TikTok, you bring that up. I mean, that is our really our core competency. We developed a corporate partnership with TikTok, um, actually based out of Austin, Texas. And, um, and really the, the beauty of that partnership is they let us know what's going on. I mean, they, they let us test new things on the platform. They, they kind of, you know, they created a creator network that has 4 million creators and influencers that you can tap into as a brand. So it's been, it's been really cool to navigate that new social platform because as I've said, TikTok is really the first social media platform that is, that is competed with Instagram and Facebook, you know, for the longest time. So it's been, it's been really exciting. And I would say majority of our clients, we have some sort of TikTok element built in. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting that you, you, know, you said they, they created a, a creator platform for you guys to get feedback and test any things that are going in. Yeah. All the platforms that you, you're using and you're marketing to, where do you, where do you see, um, kind of like the, the, um, the most user-friendly for either a creative agency or somebody trying to build their brand and, and trying to get access. Cause that sounds like they're pretty um, creative-friendly and getting input to what's working uh, on the platform. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's trial and error, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like we've, we've actually set up like test accounts and just started running money through the platform, you know, through advertising and just, you know, for our own efforts, just to see how it works and, and kind of how people engage and, you know, what we're definitely noticing, you know, you kind of talk about user experience, you know, I think everybody with Instagram got really used to polished photos, you know, highly produced videos. Now that's kind of all to the wayside everybody's focused on, you know, what you can create with your phone, right? Like just user generated content that is raw, it's authentic. And that's the type of content that people want to see. And so you're starting to see the shift of like, you don't need big a camera, you know, camera equipment and crew and cast. Like you can literally take out your iPhone and create a viral video that, you know, has millions of views overnight. So just, I would say the, how quickly you can turn around new content um, it has been a game changer for a lot of our clients because we, we say really one out of every 10 posts on TikTok have some sort of viral component. So the algorithm really favors, you know, lots of volume, leveraging trends that are going on and kind of piggybacking off of those. So it's been a really, you know, honestly, a, a great platform to experiment with more than anything. Yes. And, and that's interesting because obviously trends change so quickly. And so- I like that you said that it's gone to, it's almost gone to like the reality TV. Like people really want to see reality. Yeah. So even in that form, like yep. real is better than kind of something that's set up. So how is an agency, because a lot of times people used to go to agency and say, Hey, I need to, I need you to make me look like, like they do on TV. Right. Yeah. But, but now it's kind of like, Hey, you need to be more raw and edgy and it needs to be real off the cuff. It needs to be authentic. How yeah. do you produce stuff like that for client for clients at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So, you know, it's funny you say that because even like very, you know, enterprise level brands that are known for really polished branded videos and things like that are having to make that shift and they're, they really don't know how to do it. They're like, you know, we, all we know is just that elevated brand. And so how do we strip it down? And so, you know, really how we shoot content is we try to 
look at what's trending on the platform. So like, what are other people talking about? What are they doing? What are some of the hashtags that are kind of, you know, popping off? What are some of the, you know, the sounds or the music that you can leverage? So we make a list of that and we kind of tailor it to the brand. So we create branded content that's just a bit more stripped down using those elements. And that makes a huge difference because we've tested, just so you know, polished videos on TikTok, and then we've tested right against to the more user-generated content and the user-generated content always wins. So our focus is if we have to shoot it from the iPhone, we're going to, if we have to maybe spice it up a little bit, like we have clients like, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue and some of these larger brands. And so you still have to have some sort of elevated, you know, brand level. Like you don't want to strip it down to where it looks cheap, but you can do it in a way that is strategic and still kind of meshes well with what people are used to on the platform. And that's, that's awesome. And that's awesome information too, for people. Do you feel like um, when you go to the bigger brands and you're marketing for them that you have to explain to them, like, look, the, the principles of marketing that you thought were the case may not be the case on every single ad. And we need to kind of educate you first on what's working today um, before we, we kind of go towards the campaign. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's the toughest part. Yeah. I can imagine <laughs> just like, from what you're saying, it sounds like it, you, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of give and take, a lot of push and pull because they're so used to doing it their way, which is again, like I said, you know, super polished branded to where now if they're looking at a piece of content that was created by a creator in their, you know, basement. Right. And they're like, how is this, going viral. How is this really moving the needle? But, you know, as you said, people like authenticity, people like the, the realness, like you said, it, it is kind of like the, the new reality TV in the yeah. sense. Um, and it's also, it can be really like, you see a lot of TikTokers that use TikTok to educate, right? Like, here's how I, you know, made all this money with NFTs or here's how, I, you know, so you start using it, they, there's like a thing that they, they call it called EduTalk, like it's an education TikTok, right? Yeah. And so we've even tried to push some of the brands we work with to be thought leaders and to come up with some of those content pieces of content that are going to really move the needle in terms of offer, offering resources and, and education, so... Yeah, that's awesome. And again, it's just, um, it's so, it's ever changing, right? So, so even on yeah. that, um, how, like when you set up your year, you're, you're a larger agency now. So when you set up a year, is it, is it that you have to constantly rapidly be changing weekly, monthly? Cause it's, I think it's hard to set up a business. Hey, in the first quarter, we're going to do X, Y, and Z when trends may change quicker than that. So is that part of your thought process going into it? Yeah, that's a really good question because TikTok is changing actually i'm just i kind of refer to tiktok because it it is fast moving right yeah like, and i think it's moving the needle for the other social media platforms too i think they're re they're really they're really the tastemaker right now you're 100 percent correct and trends are coming in and out right one day they're there next day they're gone and so it, it really is important to kind of execute on the timing right and um we actually set up weekly calls with tiktok on a corporate level so they can kind of just fill us in hey here's what's going on here's what's in the pipeline and that allows us to really be ahead of the curve because you're exactly right it's very easy to become outdated especially as an agency in this fast-moving social media world yeah it, it, it's interesting because you know, they always tell you, you know, don't connect yourself to one thing and only be, but you can't be a one trick pony now at this point, because you kind of have to be moving fast. Yep. What, would you, what, what steps would you give someone to start and build their personal brand, either from scratch 
or to rebuild a brand that's not working, even if it was an individual? Yep. Yep. Great question. So I think the biggest thing with building a personal brand first is you've brought, really got to first get in tune with what you're good at. Like what is going to be your niche, right? Like that's a big first decision to make is like, what am I going to focus on where I can deliver value to my end audience, right? That's the toughest part to come up with. And you'd be surprised. We spend sometimes three to six months just developing what that's going to be. And then once, once you've kind of decided, you know, in your case, maybe, or, Hey, I'm going to really dive in on the mortgage side of things. And I'm going to give, you know, real life examples of, you know, here's how you get a first time. If you're a first time buyer, here's how you do this, or mm -hmm. here's kind of the process here. And so if you can decide really quickly, here's my vertical, here's how I'm going to attack it. That's the first big step. And then I think the second is just being consistent because the, yeah. the toughest part is creating content all the time and pushing it out and finding the time to do that. So I always encourage people to just kind of block out one to two days, you know, maybe a month where you're just shooting content that day, block off your calendar, have a kind of a set shot list or things that you want to, you know, incorporate, maybe have a few change of clothes. So you, you've got kind of, you know, your, your different outfits and then just load up on content to where you have a full 30 days of content to be, to, to be able to post. Some things are going to be more ad hoc. You know, there's a trend that you want to jump on things like that, but as long as you have a foundation for content and a good, you know, what we call kind of an asset bank, um, you know, it makes it much easier. So I would say niche, kind of have a niche and vertical and then just be super consistent. That's great. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you consistency. I think that's what people don't understand. They figure they put one video out, it's going to go viral and that's kind of, and it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of, what hacks, uh, algorithm based would you give people that they should be uh, looking at? Like, Hey, you need to post 10 yeah. stories a day, or you need to post once a day, whatever it is. Are there a few things yeah. you give tip, tips to people for that? For sure. Yeah. So IG reels for sure. So, okay. um, over posts, um, over stories, the reels are really what's moving the needle on Instagram. So, and again, no surprise there. You, you actually said it, you know, they're trying to follow after TikTok right now, which is kind of unique, you know, um, Instagram even officially came out and said, Hey, you know, we are no longer a photo sharing app. We are moving towards video. So the more video content, that is definitely a hack. Use Instagram reels because you'll get more exposure. You'll get more visibility. And then, you know, with TikTok, I think the you know, best takeaway there is just the volume. And, and that's the toughest part. Like you, we've talked to influencers on the platform that have millions of followers. And we say, how did you get there? Like, what was the step? And most of them are like, I literally like launched five to 10 videos a day. Like I was just going hard yeah. and very early. And then I built the following and now I've kind of been able to step back, maybe do one post a day, but sometimes it's just going real aggressive because it TikTok really is kind of the wild West right now. It's a great opportunity to <laughs> go in and, and make an impact. Are you seeing, um, I know Instagram obviously has gone the way of um, a lot more ads and a lot more um, there's a lot more structure there and it, it became harder. Do you still, still see, do you see TikTok trending that way at all? Or do you think it's still very, really open? Yeah, that's a great question. So they're, you know, they're really, they have an advertising component now to it. So you're going to start seeing more ads for sure. Um, 
but I think the way you see the ads are not going to look like the typical way that you see ads on Facebook or Instagram, where it says, you know, sponsored post, boom, it's in your face, call to action. It's going to be more subtle, right? It's going to have more like product placements just within the video with a little button that you can click. And so it's going to be um, more user generated type ads, but it's, yeah, it, you're not going to see it as kind of aggressively as I think we've come to learn Facebook and Instagram to be. Got it. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what made TikTok. There's always a, a, a new platform that's cool, right? And I think TikTok stayed cool a little bit longer now because they they weren't as corporate as, as Facebook has become with Instagram. What do you, um, how much of, of standard traditional advertising are you doing at this point? Any, any marketing that you're doing that's not social media based, that's that traditional marketing? You know, we, we're trying to get, a, honestly, we're, we're the ones that are actually trying to pave the way for kind of pushing that aside. I, I think the traditional forms are, are changing a bit. Um, you know, some of the things that I've seen actually do well are, you know, more ads that are within podcasts, like sponsored opportunities within podcasts, as I'm sure, you know, you know, sure. um, you know, looking at ways to, to kind of get involved in that sphere, I think is actually a growing space. Um, but really our focus is, you know, we're, you know, we're really focused and head down in what we know and what we feel can really deliver. So, you know, our strategies when we deal with clients usually starts with social media really at the top and then everything kind of funnels underneath it because we believe that a lot of things now are starting on social, um, from a marketing perspective. And that's really where we like to be. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. I mean, I think the world, the way the world is moving right now, you know, regional advertising and local advertising doesn't necessarily work the same as it used to work. So I think, but, but you can really hit everything if you go through social media. So what yeah. about, um, you know, YouTube seems to be, um, in my opinion, probably the biggest income generator for the people who have a big in in YouTube following, but yep. it's probably also the hardest platform to, to get a following. Are you using YouTube at all? And, and how do you advise people on it? Yeah, great question. So YouTube is a, you're exactly right, a great way to monetize your video content for sure. Um, great way to build, you know, strong subscriber base. I look at YouTube as, you know, it, it's still long form content, right? So it's not short form like TikTok. You can get away with posting a 10 minute long video. You can get away with, with really making an, an impact with larger, you know, bigger pieces of content. Um, and so we see a lot of like, uh, you know, like food bloggers or uh, mommy bloggers who, you know, are, are kind of showcasing, you know, their kids and their family yeah. kind of creating like longer series, almost kind of like a reality show where, you know, they're posting every week, a kind of new vlog series. Um, I'm seeing that still be a very uh, lucrative and very impactful um, platform. So YouTube, I'm still a huge proponent of, especially if you're really focused on, on video content. Okay, yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think it's the long form content that it's almost like your own show, but yeah, it's the same. So I was with um, I, I was with somebody yesterday, and I I've met him a bunch of times before. His name is Kevin Harrington. He's a big author now. He wrote Mentor Millions. He's got a bunch of books, and he yep. was the info he was the infomercial king. So yep. and I you know I was talking to him a little bit about that yes yesterday, and he was saying um, I was like, what was the formula back there? He's like, you you really had seven or ten seconds to pull people in, and then you had to show them in the first seven seconds, you show them what the issue was. And the second 15 seconds, you showed them what, what kind of what the solution was. And then you gave them a cliffhanger. And that was like his formula for yeah. all these great infomercial products. And I, when he said it, I was like, well, that's social media, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, so it's funny because I think some of the old stuff is still playing today. Are there any trends that you see coming um, 
that seem familiar already like that that we yeah. can, that we can go back and look historically at like something like that yeah you know i the the traditional um kind of ideology like the somebody has to see your product or service seven times before they make a buying decision yeah. <laughs> it is very much the case on social right like you see it once and it's like okay cool but the more they see you the more visibility um really the, the bigger the impact right so if it's sales that you're after or followers that's a a really kind of traditional way of looking at marketing is the rule of sevens and it definitely applies to social so like for example a lot of our clients they they have some of these viral videos that are, are doing well and then we do retargeted ads on the back end so that person that saw that viral video is now seeing multiple pieces of content following that up so that's a really good strategy and again i just i I'm a firm believer. Sometimes it's more than seven, right? People have to see your, your product or service or what you offer, um, you know, a lot before yeah. they, they really make a decision. No, that's really good insight, actually. And you're right. The rules of seven makes a lot of sense for this stuff. Yeah. Um, and you just said something else that, that kind of triggered something in my brain. You're like, you know, a client will have a viral video and then we try to do ads around it. Because yeah. the, the news cycle and our, it moves so fast and our attention pan, span is so short at this point now. And like, you could do something great and it could just be gone very, very quickly. Yep. Um, when you know something's going to hit or something starts hitting, how do you make a plan around that um, to get it to continue at least a little bit long term as long as, as long as it can be? Yeah, that's a great question, too, because sometimes it's like clients get really excited. They're like, oh, my God, it's going, it's going, it's going. And then it could just plateaus. Got you. <laughs> so it's like it gets you really excited and then it, it, it falls off. So, you know, we still believe, you know, that and this is becoming more and more relevant on all social platforms, it's a pay to play game, right? Like it really is. I mean, you've got to, if you want visibility of your content, you've got to put dollars behind it. And so, you know, from what we do is if we notice something's really taking off, we're quickly putting money behind that and keeping it going, right? That's, that's you know, Gangnam Style, that big dance song yeah, like yeah, years yeah, back. Yeah. That's a perfect example of that went yeah. viral. And then they just went hard on the advertising side. They got them in, you know, I think Coke or Pepsi commercials. They got, I mean, yeah. so, you know, that's more traditional, but very much like with social, you can do the same thing, right? Just keep hitting it hard. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, teams of influencers that are creating kind of their own media companies now, and they, they get these viral moments and then they just start pumping money behind it. And it's, it's really a, you know, if you have the budget, you don't even need to put that much behind it. Honestly, I mean, we have some clients that, you know, they've got a bit of a smaller budget and they put, you know, just 25 bucks a day behind it just to keep it kind of going up. Um, so you don't always have to think that you have to have this massive budget to have impact, but um, yeah, that's my, that's my thought there. <laughs> and, and, and that's, a, that's a good point, actually, because now you have all influencer marketing has obviously become one of the biggest forms of marketing at this point now. And I'm sure there's new agencies popping up every single day. So, so yeah. a space that was really ahead of the, you were ahead of your time when you first started it now has become very crowded. So how do you, how do you continue to differentiate yourself in that space? Um, that, you know, I feel like more and more people are coming into every single day. Absolutely. They are. And you're exactly right. I mean, it's a, it is becoming an oversaturated market, no doubt about it. And I think it makes it difficult for brands to kind of weed through the noise and figure out who is going to be the agency that can actually support me. Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, how we separate ourselves is, you know, kind of to one of my last points, like having a niche and a vertical that really works for us where we know, Hey, we can deliver on this 
you know, well, we're not going to be the agency that spreads ourselves too thin and tries to do everything for everybody. We really focus in on social media for consumer brands, right? So because we feel that, you know, most of the time consumer brands, you know, they've got a product to sell and it usually works pretty well on social. And so with influencers, you know, we've actually developed a really large network of influencers that we can tap into really at, you know, blink of an eye. And, um, and that's through really developing a creator network that now I think we've got a little over 2 million influencers that we've categorized based off of their industry. So, you know, if we have a client that sells, you know, food and beverage products, we have a category of influencers that we can tap into that are food bloggers, or, you know, they do reviews on new, you know, drinks that are out yeah, there. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a, a big component is, is just having the infrastructure and the skill set to know, okay, this is what we do well. And this is why people come to us. I think there's a lot of kind of me too agencies that, you know, that's why actually, actually we get most of our clients from people that are upset that are like, Hey, we just, we dealt with all these, you know, bad agencies out there. We're neat. We need somebody that's kind of a true partner. And that's really, you know, really what and, we do. Yeah. And I think that anybody who's listening, it, this is where it comes in that experience matters, right? Like, you know, you've seen the space growing. If you continue to do stuff again, at, consistently at a high level, those are the people you really want. And, and, um, you know, as new trends kind of come on, how do you see, you know, what's next for your age? What do you think is next for your agency? Like, where are you guys going? What is, what does the next five years look like for you? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. You know, we realize I, I'm kind of of the, of the belief that you always have to be learning. Right. And you don't know everything. Right. And that's why, you know, my philosophy, you know, even when we hire people is, hire people based on their zone of genius, their superpowers, and then just get out of their way. So our kind of next five years is to look at other agencies that are doing something very well and actually acquiring them. So we have right now a, you know, there's a talent crunch out there for marketing, really strong marketing people, right? A brand is, is trying to, you know, bring this in house and they're having a tough time because, you know, they're, they're we talk, talk it's about hard. great resignation yeah, it's and hard. all this yes. stuff going on. So our focus is like looking at other agencies that we could potentially acquire, roll up into a really dynamite senior level team that can continue to provide more value for our clients and future clients. So that's a big, big goal for us. And then also just to continue to focus on developing technology that can streamline processes to make to, to be able to adapt, because like you said, things are changing all the time. So for us, you know, acquisitions and technology, big, big focus kind of moving forward so we can really, you know, stay ahead of the curve. That's great. And yeah, it sounds like you have a solid foundation to continue to scale, especially when you're bringing people on now. Yeah. And, you know, I think like anything else, this space will get... It, I know it's being flooded with people, but I also feel like it's going to continue to grow, right? You know, it's, it's got to continue to grow because even Super Bowl, I mean, I think it's an interesting time of the year because the Super Bowl is coming, right? And people spend all this money on Super Bowl ads. And I, I think it was Dan Fleischman I heard was talking about it where he said, I forget, how, I forget what the budget was, but he took a budget from one thing and he's the one that kind of blew up Fashion Nova and, and he was basically yeah. saying that like, you know, for a third of the money on social media, I can really get you more eyes on it. But are those stats starting to become more apparent to people when you feel like when you talk to bigger brands like Saks or whoever? Yeah, absolutely. They're saying, man, if, if we could invest that million plus dollars into social, we're probably going to have a bigger impact on that day. Right. And that's, that's just because as people are watching the game, what are they doing? You know, they're looking, they're on their social, they're posting the score, they're doing all this stuff. So if you have an ad running on your newsfeed, you know, if you're a big brand during the Super Bowl, I would start dumping more money on that day to get the more most visibility. 
there was actually a marketer, um, I think it was Neil Patel, um, he actually did an experiment. I don't know if it was a Super Bowl, but he did like a TV ad and he had it running during a really big time. And he just wanted to see as a marketer, you know, we're all always experimenting <clears throat> what the, what the click-through rate was and the call rate and, and, and really were there any leads generated from it? And he was very underwhelmed. He did this whole article of saying like, you know, TV is dead. If you're trying to advertise, move that over to, to social. And he actually did a side-by-side -side comparison and it was pretty crazy. I mean, I don't, th I think he spent, like a half a million dollars and he got like one or two calls and you know he did the same thing on on facebook ads and he had like thousands of leads so it's just it's it's a unique time and i think yeah. you know that's a great point you bring up i would absolutely advocate that you spend your money on social yeah and i see to myself i mean i in my, I've been in this business for 20 years, so I've done everything. I've done TV, I've done radio, I've done, so I've done everything. And we, we did a radio, a pretty big radio campaign with iHeartRadio right before okay. COVID started. And um, I mean, I can't tell you that it was probably the, <laughs> the worst money I ever spent. And it wasn't their fault. And I had done radio before, yeah. so I'm a big boy, I can understand it. But um, I was really, I, after it was over, I was just like, I don't know how they're going to survive in this manner yeah. if they can't. Because their whole thing was always direct response. So if they can't, if they can't reply direct response, and do you feel like it's even for direct response, like when you're speaking in those terms, it's easier through social now at this point than anything else. I do. I really do. Because it's just that it goes back to the speed of going to market, right? You're, you can quickly turn on a piece of content and it's out there, right? And naturally, you're going to get organic eyes on it too, which is, which is unique, right? What you sometimes don't have to spend any money. If you have a good following, all you need to do is post and there, there you go. And so I think it's just a matter of, you know, how quick you can take a, a piece of content and getting it, getting it out there and at the lowest cost and have the really the biggest yield or return for your money. So, right? Yeah. You know, I I'm with you though. I I've seen some of that, that pain in like doing yeah. TV or radio and <laughs> it just doesn't, doesn't work. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a few questions. We kind of give everybody before I get you, before you get out of here. Sure. Uh, if you, if you could talk to your, your younger self six years ago, right. Before you started this agency, what would you tell that person knowing what you know now? Yeah. Wow. Good question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think more so than anything, I, I would just say you're going to fail and that's okay, right? Because I think a lot of people, when they're just getting started, it's like, oh no, I, I face planted. I got to give up <laughs> on that dream. That's over with. That's just not, you know, the mentality that, that I kind of took from the failures was learn from them and don't make that same mistake again. Keep going. As long as you're moving in the right direction, as long as you keep going, you're going to be fine. And I think the, the biggest thing, and I always say this, is like the reason that most business owners fail or entrepreneurs fail is because they just stop. They give up. They throw in the towel. They say, you know what? I'm done. I've, I've face planted one too many times. I've taken too many hits and I'm done but they're sometimes so close to the top, they don't even realize it. So they, you know, they're right before they could actually make some really serious, you know, impact they, they, they fall off. And so, yeah, I would just tell myself, you know, keep going, you're, you're almost there and, and yeah, just keep pushing. That's, yeah. That's, and I think that any, any successful entrepreneur you speak to says something similar, right? Like, you know, I, I failed a million times and I, I had to push through that to succeed, but the failures were kind of lessons instead of being something that was a detriment to me. So I, th that's, I think that's great advice. If you could do one thing for your brand 
um, and you had one choice to do one thing for your brand to build it, what, what do you think that would be? You know, I, I give myself some time back, really. I'm so <laughs> in the weeds of things sometimes, you know, to kind of always make sure I'm, I'm giving time for myself to do things like this, you know, which is, you know, provide value and, and talk with other, you know, aspiring, you know, entrepreneurs and people that are doing things really well in, in their in their world. And so, you know, I think right now I'm even starting to take some action on this uh, is just to make more time for this, right? Yeah. Make more time for myself and marketing versus sometimes we can get really head down in the weeds and, and the stuff that is really kind of very small in the overall scheme of things. And so sometimes you've got to pull yourself out of that, kind of look at things from an eagle eye view and say, hey, what do I need to do that's going to impact me five years down the road or that's going to continue to give me you know, value as a person? And so, yeah, just making more time for me and, and continuing to, you know, expand and, and you know, have it have an impact on the people that I talk to. That's awesome. Man. I think that's a, that's a great answer. And it's true. It's a, the thing we forget about most of our, is ourselves most of the time and, and all the stuff we're doing every single day. So I think that's great. Yeah. If you if you could give um, the audience a couple of books that you would recommend. Um, I like reading. I do audio books, but have you, have you had a, have you read any books that have either impacted your business or impacted you personally that you could recommend? Yeah, you know, I, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, I, I think is a, is a classic. It's great, I think yeah. A really good kind of understanding of mindset more than anything, you know, and, and kind of how to move and navigate, you know, as, as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I, I also kind of in my world, I, I, I listen to podcasts. So I, I'm very much kind of in this world as well. I think it's the best way to you know, get information that's relevant to you. So I listened to Jason Swank. He's got a great agency podcast where he, he really relates to agency owners. You know, he built an agency, ended up selling and, and kind of talks about his process, brings on other agency owners. So, you know, from a more, you know, marketing specific standpoint, that's a, a great podcast, but yeah, I would say those two, you know, are, are big for me. That's And I think it's, I, I like that you went the podcast route, route because I always tell people, when I was growing up, I didn't have that stuff, but you can really educate yourself through podcasts. I get to listen oh, yeah. to people all the time who know more than I do, but they also seem very, very normal. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's great. I, I, dude, this was awesome. Um, where is the best place to people to connect with you if they want more information on the agency or just you personally, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, I'll keep it easy. Rossmanmedia.com. Um, really everything's there. You can then click over to our Instagram and TikTok and Facebook um, but yeah, rossmanmedia.com. That's awesome, man. Alex, I really thank you for, for coming on here today. You were great. And you thank gave you. a lot of gems out to the audience as far as how they could build, build themselves on social. So uh, this was awesome. Absolutely, Ralph. Thanks so much, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep, you bet. What a great podcast we have with Alex Rossman. I, you know, I obviously feel that branding is a big part of what my business is and uh, how I've built it to a certain level. So hearing from somebody who runs an agency who has major, major clients and major influencers tell you some secrets on, on what you should be doing is great. And I think everybody should be taking some of this and trying to apply it to their business and their brand. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you haven't heard our older podcast, go check them out right now. They're on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. We have our show on YouTube every single week so you can see the visuals. Um, check out our Instagram at Disruptors Network or at Debug. Uh, hope to hear from you guys soon. Thanks.